Well, praise the Lord, everyone. Amen. It's good to see every one of you in the house of the Lord uh, this morning. And uh, I know I didn't get around to uh, speaking to everybody today, so hello. It's good to see all of you today. Uh, things were kind of busy back there with uh, those, uh, those young folks and uh, baptism, uh, getting ready for that. And uh, so thank you for being here and thank you for, and forgive me for not getting around hugging everybody. I love hugs and y'all know that. So I love to, to, uh, to, to speak to everybody and, and, and welcome everybody. I just trust that you were made to feel welcome and, and at home when you got here today. So thank you for being here. Isn't that a beautiful song? Amen. Amen. What Christ has done for us. Amen. I want you to, if you have your Bibles, turn to the book of Colossians. The book of Colossians, chapter 1. And I want to be speaking to you this morning about the hallmark of the church. And uh, how many of you watch Hallmark Channel on television when you get a chance? You watch their movies and all this stuff. Well, that's that's a, that's good. But uh, you know the, the Hallmark that uh, that we're uh, talking about here is uh, is what the church is supposed to look like, what the church is supposed to sound like, what the church is supposed to be representative of in a community. And if we're not careful. As a church, we, we lose our sight. We get focused on other things, and I'm going to go ahead and say what they are. They're the worldly things that we feel like need to be done instead of doing the spiritual thing and the kingdom work of God, which is one purpose, one thing, and that is to win souls for Christ. That is the kingdom work. We have been given, and I say this over and over, and I'm going to say it again this morning, we have been given the, the ministry of reconciliation by the Holy Spirit of God given to us by Jesus Christ, and that is the work and the mission and the purpose of the church. Amen? Now, there's other things that go with that. There's a lot of other things that go with that. We're supposed to, to be giving. We're supposed to help people in need and all that stuff. But it starts... It starts with the Spirit of God. It starts there, and it cannot be successfully done apart from that. Amen? Yeah. So we need to understand what, the, what we are supposed to look like as a church. And, and what I've noticed is when we get focused on other things and other things come into play, the church begins to suffer for that. Amen. But when we turn our focus and get our attention where it's supposed to be, guess what happens? The church begins to flourish. So we need to learn... From our past mistakes, we need to learn from the mistakes of other churches. There's lots of them up down the road that might not have two or three cars in front of them right now. We need to be the church that God has called us to be. We need to be the hallmark. Amen. The hallmark of the church of Jesus Christ. You ain't got to be a giant church to do that. You just follow Him. You just let Him lead you. You let Him guide you. You get it. I'll tell you what. He can take a little bigger congregation because the word proclaimed little is much when the Lord God is in it. Amen? And if we just let him in and let him have control, a little church can do a whole lot. Amen? Huge kingdom work. Uh, Colossians chapter 1, verses 1 through 8. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, and Timotheus, our brother. To the saints and faithful brethren in Christ, which are at Colossae, grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. 
We give thanks to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love which you have to all saints, for the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, whereof you heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel, which is come unto you as it is in all the world, and bringeth forth fruit as it doth also in you, since the day ye heard of it, and knew the grace of God in truth, as ye also learned of Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is for you a faithful minister of Christ, who also declared unto us your love in the Spirit. Father, thank you for this word. Speak to us through it as only you can do. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for your church. So, Lord, today, speak to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You know, Paul writes lots of letters. We have the epistles of Paul. Um, they are instructions to the churches. In this case, it's an instruction to the church of Colossae. And not, not only just an instruction, but a praise for them. And, uh, and, and if you'll uh, read the uh, Ephesians and uh, Philippians and Col uh, Colossians, they are words uh, about churches who were doing the right things for Jesus Christ. And so we, he wrote other letters like the one in 1 Corinthians where uh, the church at Corinth had gone haywire. Uh, they had let uh, carnality come in. They had let worldliness come in. They had made the gifts of the Spirit a substitute for the Spirit. They had been uh, broken up into, into groups, into, into cliques, and uh, they had the wealthy in one part and, the, and the, uh, the poor in another part. They were taking care of each other. They were, they were a divided church, and, and that's a horrible thing to see a church when, they, when that begins to take place in the church and people begin to divide themselves up in these little groups and, 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 and you become a follower of this person, you become a follower of that person. That's what happens when we lose sight of Jesus Christ and, and begin to follow men instead of Christ. Amen? And so Paul addressed these things and he did it very bluntly if you ever read 1 Corinthians. And man, he got on their case. They were allowing things in the church they shouldn't have allowed. They were, they were dividing up when it was time to have communion and the rich people brought lots of food and lots of wine and they, they ate and, and, and were married and even get drunk and the poor people, they wouldn't let them partake of it. They had all kinds of things going on in that church that if we're not careful, we could divide up into these groups and start looking down our noses at one another and, and, and that's not good. That's what destroys and kills churches, amen? And so Paul addressed this, and thank God by the time he wrote 2 Corinthians, they had listened to him because of the things that he had done and because the preacher that was there preaching had preached the word to them, and they had restored themselves and repented of their sins, and they were doing a lot better by the time he wrote 2 Corinthians. Well, in this book right here, he starts off praising these people. Amen. He starts off. Uh, telling them uh, and, and giving thanks uh, to the Father, to the Lord Jesus Christ for, for what he had heard about this church. Amen? You know what? A church name is like a man's name. Amen? A good name is to be cherished, is to be sought after. A good name, is, is the, according to the Bible, is something we need to have. And it's the same way with the church. The church needs a good name a good reputation, 
They need to know that the people of this church care about the community around them, about the people around them, that they care about the mission work of God, that they support things, that they do things, all for the glory of Jesus Christ. And that's key. Not that, not, and y'all listen to me. we got folks in this church that does extraordinary work. They do all kinds of things. And some people, it's just a natural thing that some people have, have the time and the ability to do more than others do. And that's okay, but it doesn't mean that everyone in this church is not as important as that person in the church. Amen? Amen. Amen. Because, see, we can all pray, we can all encourage, we can all study, we can all share a word, we can all be those kind of people, and we need to be those kind of people. That's what the church is. Okay, so look at verse 4. This is the one I want to bring your uh, attention to, the hallmark, the hallmark of, of the church. Amen. Look at, look at verse 4. And he says, since we heard of your faith in Christ, amen, in Christ Jesus, and the love which you have to all saints. This here, this statement, this one little simple statement, if you just read through this, you wouldn't pay no attention to it, would you? I mean, you can look at that and say, well, Brother Ken, you can just take one old scripture like that and just preach it to death. You know what happens is when you study the Word of God and you see a statement like this, it, something comes on inside of you. The Lord begins to show you something and, and, and you find out this is what our church is supposed to look like. The, the people of this community should know those folks at that church have the faith that they need in Jesus Christ. But the, the, the Bible, it's all, it's, it's all through the Scripture. What pleases God? Without faith, the Bible says in Hebrews 11 and 6, without faith it is what? Impossible to please God. So faith is the, of the utmost importance in the church to be pleasing to God and people see your faith. Amen. Now faith is not just laying hands on somebody and believing in the healing and believing in Because here's the reason. Because everybody you lay your hands on ain't going to get healed. Amen. Amen. Now you say, there you go. I'm not negative. I'm being honest and blunt and true. Everybody you lay your hands on ain't going to be healed. Everybody you pray for and believe ain't going to. The things you pray for, the financial things you pray for, sometimes just don't happen. Amen. So what does that do to your faith? Well, I prayed for that person to die. I don't have enough faith. That's what some people preach. Huh? Amen. That's having faith in things and not Christ. Amen. Amen. I was chastised one one time for praying for somebody, and I prayed in the in the will of the Lord. I asked that the Lord's will be done. And and the lady came up to me and they said, "You don't never need to pray that. That shows a lack of faith." I said, "What?" <laughs> You mean my faith can override the will of God? I didn't say that to her, but I'm thinking, woo. That kind of blows the top off my head sometimes. I play in, pray in faith believing in the one I'm praying to. Amen. And his will be done. That's what we're saying. That's what Christ prayed. Christ didn't even get everything he prayed for, Brother Steve. He prayed that the cup be taken from him, and it was not. Right. Amen. But we don't need to be that kind of church. 
We don't need to be the church that stands up and boasts and proud about who we are. We need to boast about be proud about who He is. Amen. <laughs> this is His church. He's the head. Amen. So he said, they say, since we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love which you have for all saints. Now, I want you to notice something. When the, when, when the people came and the lawyers came up to Jesus Christ and they were trying to trap Jesus, they couldn't do it. You know why? He was so much higher and smarter than those lawyers that it wasn't even funny. And they were trying to trap him in the Word, not knowing that he is the Word. Not knowing that he wrote the Word. Not knowing that he became the word. Not knowing who he is. And when they said, tell us what the greatest commandments are, what did he say to them? He said, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, thy strength, your soul, your strength, and your mind. That is the first and greatest commandment. Amen? Put God first. And the second one he said is like unto it that you love your neighbor as yourself. So the two greatest commandments that the Lord Jesus got, gave us were those two. Put God first and love your neighbor. Boy, ain't that simple? That ought to be the anthem of the church. Put Him first and love people. Amen. Simple, isn't it? You know, we like to say about Adam and Eve, they only had one commandment and they blew it. Well, we got two <laughs> main ones, and we blow it too. Amen. God help us not to do it. Help us take it serious because, see, this hallmark, this, this, this word I use, is the standard of purity by which the church exists. Ah, how does the church exist? As Jesus Christ, the head. Not me. Not any of you. No deacons. I love my deacons, but no deacons. No one person. No matter who gives the most money. <coughs> Amen. Amen. No matter who does the most, he is the head. Amen. Him. Jesus. He's the head. It is the standard of purity for all the saints and for all the churches. Not only is the church supposed to have this standard of purity, but each one of us are to have the same standard of purity in our lives. Oh, I'm, I'm fixing to get down to the nitty-gritty now. Because, see, you are the church. You're the temple. You're the dwelling place of God. You are not. You are the temple of God. He dwells in you. This is just a house. Amen. When you're here, it's the church. Listen to me. You take the church out that door with you when you go. Amen. And so it's not just what we can do as a, as a united group and an effort. We can do a lot that way. But it's also a picture of what you can do as an individual when you go out those doors. Amen. And you are the church every day. Amen. Amen. Amen? That is what brought the attention of this church to Paul. This is the kind of people that they were. They were the church everywhere they went. They were a representative of Jesus Christ everywhere they went. And when they came together, whoo, they blew the roof off that building because of who they were in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. You know how we're supposed to come into church? Expecting to hear from God. Amen. Amen. 
We're supposed to come in the church house with great expectation. We're fixing to hear from Jesus today. Hallelujah. That's why David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let's go into the house of the Lord. Woo! Let's go. And some of you got up this morning and said, oh, here it is, Sunday again. <laughs> Football's on today. That preacher's going to preach late. <laughs> I ain't going to be able to get to my restaurant in time. I think I'll just stay home. And some of you did. Not one to hear them. <laughs> some did. Let's be glad. When we make the church the hallmark. When we make the congregation the hallmark. When we become the standard of God. We're going to stand in front of him one of these days. And you better hope you're the standard that he's looking for. And we're in purity. Amen. This all coincides with what the Lord taught in the two greatest commandments. Our faith in Christ and our love for, look at that word, uh, <coughs> our love which you have for, uh-oh. You know, that little word if and that little word all just messes everything up sometimes, don't it? Amen. We are supposed to have love for all the saints. That's why Jesus said, love thy neighbor as thyself and not thy saints as thyself. If I even said that right. We are to love all people. Why? Why are we supposed to do that? Because Jesus loves everybody. For God so loved the world. He loves the world. He loves the people of the world. He don't love this planet. He loves the people. That's the world. Amen. And He loves us. And He expects us when we're filled with His Spirit to love the world also. Love people. Whether you <coughs> like what they do or not. Amen. Amen. You know who we need to come in those doors? Lost sinners. So I can tell them Jesus died for them. So I can tell them that there's a Savior who loves them. He loves them enough. He gave everything for them. His blood will cleanse them if they just come to Him. They need to hear that. They need to hear it from you. They need to hear it from me. They need to hear it from the church. They need to hear that. Because that's who we're to preach about. Paul said, I preach Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Amen. Amen. So he preached those things. Amen. We need to preach those things too. Now look, I, I got to move on here. And it says, so look at verse 5. For, uh, let's look at 5 and 6. For the hope which is laid up for you in heaven. When you become the, the hallmark of Christ, you've got a place in heaven. Amen. Amen. You're, you, you, your citizenship ain't here no more. That's why he tells us don't fall in love with the worldly things and the carnal things. To be in love with Jesus Christ because you're just here for a little while. And then you get to be there with him forever. That's our hope. That's what we have. And so he says, for the hope which is laid up for you in heaven. Amen. That's a beautiful statement, isn't it? And so you have to obey. You have to strive. You have to work. You have to seek Him diligently. You have to try with all of your heart. The Lord won't take it no other way. <coughs> now let me ask you, I'm going to be a mean preacher now. 
How many of you serve the Lord with all of your heart? Now, one little hand. Now, when you raise your hand, Steve, you need to know what you're saying. I study His Word. I pray to Him all the time. I understand His Word. I witness everywhere I go. I do everything according to the Scripture. That's why, you, that's why all the rest of you didn't raise your hand. Amen? Amen. If you're going to set yourself up at that standard, you're going to live that standard every day. Every day. And so this thing comes through obedience. There's commandments that are to be kept. And it's done for a reason. It's done for a reason. Not only is it done because you love Jesus, but it's done because you want to go to heaven. How many of you want to go to hell? Oh! Somebody on the line. There goes probably an eight. Well, I ain't calling her name. We need to pray for Carrie Crocker, though. Steve, you need to go over and lay hands on that girl right now. Poor Carrie. Jump the gun. Hey, you raised her, I didn't. <laughs> she, you know what? She was excited because yeah. she knows where she wants to go. Yeah. We want to go to heaven. Who wants to go to heaven? Yeah. How are you going to get there? I can tell you. Yeah. You're going to follow Jesus Christ and he will take you there. Amen. Amen. We sing that old song. Follow, follow, I will follow Jesus. Anywhere, everywhere, anywhere he goes. Do you believe that? Because yeah. that's what the scripture tells us to do. And that he's going to lead us not just through this stinking world. He's going to lead us through this stinking world to glory. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So that he is our hope. He is our everything. He is our all and our all. He is all we need. And when we have him, guess what else we got? One another. Amen. Amen. You know what makes a family? When a man and a woman gets married and start to have children. Well, Jesus Christ is the husband of the church. We are the bride. That's old Bob Hayden. I don't want to be no bride. It's symbolic. And we begin to have children. We begin to invite people. And saints are born. They are born again into the kingdom of God. You see the picture of the family? Amen. That's why marriage is so sacred to God. That's why abortion stinks to God. Amen. Amen. He gave us these things. Jesus is taking us to a place He is getting ready just for me and you. Amen. Amen. A place. I want to go there, don't you? The place that Jesus has for us where we're going to spend eternity with Him. The one who gave Himself for us. We're going to behold Him as He really is. Amen. Let us live for Him. Now, look at this in verse, the rest of this, uh, verse 5. How does this come to us? Where have you heard before, now look at this, in the word of the truth of the gospel. How you're supposed to live for Him is in the word of God. 
What pleases him is in the Word of God. What he don't like is in the Word of God. We need to read the Word of God, study the Word of God, eat the Word of God. Some of it's sweet, some of it's bitter, some of it we like, some of it we don't, but it don't matter. We don't get to change it. He, didn't, he never once called me and asked me if he needed to write something in there. Amen. So this comes through to us through the Word, the truth of the Gospel which came unto them and all the world, how did it come to us? How did it come to the world? I can tell you, it came by the promise of the Father. I'm going to read it to you. Listen to what he says in Acts chapter 4, uh, chapter 1, verse 4. And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, this is Christ, but wait for the promise of the Father, which he saith, which, he, which you have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost. That's another way of saying the Spirit of God. The Holy Ghost, not many days hence, and they therefore were come together and asked him, saying, Lord, will thou at this time restore again the kingdom of Israel? They didn't have a clue what he was even talking about yet. And he said unto them, Is it not for you to know the times of the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power? That means we don't need to be guessing about when Jesus is coming. Right. Hey, listen, he's coming. Whether you're ready or not, when he comes, he's coming. So be ready against that day. Oh, let me move on. That's another sermon. But you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. We cannot be the Hallmark Church without the Holy Ghost being present with us. Amen. No, no, not just present with us, dwelling in us. We can't be, we can't be the, the, the Hallmark individual nor the church without that process happening. You must be born again. Are you still carnal? You're still lost. You cannot serve the Lord apart from the Holy Spirit. You cannot understand the Lord apart from the Holy Spirit. You cannot understand the writings in this book apart from the Holy Spirit. I can prove that to you in the Scripture too. Listen to this. In John chapter 14, verse 26, Jesus is talking about the Comforter, the Holy Spirit that is to come. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things. Amen. You're gonna have to have him. If you don't have to have, if you don't have him, you ain't learning nothing. Amen. Amen. He's gonna teach you all things, and listen to this, bring all things to remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. A lot of people, well, he's just talking to those apostles. That's who he's talking. You know why this word is written? So we all get to see his word. He's writing to every one of us when we read this. You, you can just put your name in front of the Bible. This is to me. Amen? This word applies to me. Everything in it applies to me. Amen? John chapter 16, verse 13. How be it? When he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. He shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, 
that shall he speak and he will show you things to come. Amen. That's what the Holy Spirit does in mine and your life. You say, well, I'm waiting on him. You know why? When, we, when Jesus said, my sheep hear me and they know my voice, you know whose voice you're listening to? The Spirit. That's how he speaks to you. He speaks to you in an inaudible voice. Now, he can speak to you out loud if he wants to. But if he did, I'd run away. I'd run way away. I can't handle it when something comes on in the house accidentally when I'm there by myself and I hear voices. <laughs> that ever happened to any of y'all? Right. So if God was to speak, it scared me just as bad. So he speaks to us through the Spirit of God. You can't hear without the Spirit of God. You can't hear Jesus without the Spirit of God. You can't understand Jesus without the Spirit of God. You can't read the Word without the Spirit of God. You can't understand anything. You don't know what you're going to supposed to do because He, according to this scripture right here, He speaks whatever He hears from Jesus. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now don't tell me you don't need Him. You do need Him. i got to move on. This is what the Bible teaches us. Now, now this came, this came all to the Colossians, Colossians through a preacher. Uh, Y'all can say, yeah, that's our preacher right there. You know what? A preacher ain't got no business preaching if he ain't called. That's right. A preacher ain't got no business preaching if he ain't sent. A preacher ain't got no business preaching that don't study the Word of God. The preacher ain't got no business preaching that don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. The preacher ain't got no business preaching that don't pray to the Lord. Amen. 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 Even the daddy can't hardly get along with anybody. <laughs> I'm just playing. Just running my mind. Let me get back to my, my scripture. So he says. Who was bragging on this church? The preacher. Amen. It's a wonderful thing when the preacher can brag on the church congregation. It makes him feel good. It's a wonderful thing when the preacher stands in front of the congregation at an altar call and people respond to his word. It's a wonderful blessing when you get to baptize people. It's a wonderful thing when you lead someone to the saving grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. There ain't no better feeling in the whole world than that right there. Amen? And it makes you hungry to see it happen again and again and again. And so this preacher named Epaphras, it says that, that, that Paul knew that he, he called him a dear fellow servant who is, who is for you a faithful minister of Christ. Here's another reason you need to study the Word of God. Because the Bible tells us that Satan has ministers too. <coughs> Amen. The minister of God will lead you into a correct relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. The minister of God will tell you what the Word says whether you like it or not. The minister of God will pray for you and be there for you when you have a need. The minister of God will do anything in his power to see you come to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. He will spend hours studying. He will spend hours praying. He'll spend hours praying. He'll cry and weep tears. Amen? Amen. But the servant of Satan, you get up in front of him podium and he'll smile like a Cheshire cat with his teeth going, <laughs> and 
and tell you exactly what you want to hear and say you're all okay. That's the difference between the minister of light and the minister of darkness. This man, praise God, was a minister of light. And it's for a reason. Y'all know why you need a preacher? I'm not patting myself on the back. I, I've only been a preacher eight years. I, I don't have I don't have enough time under my belt to start patting myself. Amen. So I'm here for Christ. Listen to what First Corinthians one twenty one. For that in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. God sends preachers and they preach truth. And sometimes it ain't easy preaching what you know people don't want to hear. Stephen did that right before they stoned him to death. He preached it knowing that they were wanting to kill him anyway. He died proclaiming out of his mouth salvation in Jesus Christ. Amen. That's what the preacher does. Amen. And so the Colossians had this preacher that they loved that bragged on them to Paul and told them how what Paul, what he reported to Paul how, how much he loved this church. And look at verse 8. Who also declared unto us your love in the Spirit. We've got to have the Spirit of God. The love of God cannot be shown any other way. Now y'all listen to me. The love of God cannot be shown any other way apart from the Holy Spirit. It can't happen. I show you that in Scripture. Romans 5 and 5. Now I'm fixing close. And hope maketh not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost that is given unto us. All that we are is because of Jesus Christ. And we're empowered to be all that we are by the Spirit of God that dwells in us. My question to you today, are you born again? Are you filled with the Spirit? Are you the standard of purity that God has called you to be? Listen to me. No one can make that determination except you and the Lord. These altars are fixing to be open for you. If you want to draw closer to Jesus, you come. And you enhance your personal relationship with Him. You really dedicate yourself to Him. You call upon His name. You give Him your sin. Confess it to Him. Let Him cleanse you and cover and walk out those doors and be the church. You've been the church. Now walk out those doors and be the church. We just stand please. Please bow your head, close your eyes.
These altars are open for prayer. Please come. Let's see sinners come. 
let's see people be saved. Let's stir those baptism waters again. You start by coming back tonight. Starts at five. I'll be continuing on in, in chapter, Colossians chapter one and looking at some things that those people were doing that we need to take by example. Love you. Thank you for being here once again. Carrie Crocker doesn't run off, had she? <laughs> Carrie, she? Carrie's already left. Pat. Yeah. They gone. They gone? Yeah. I was going to get her to pray. Pat, you're going to have to pray for your daughter now. Would you dismiss her, please? <laughs> Would you pray and dismiss her prayer, please? Precious Lord Jesus, just to speak that name, so mighty, so powerful, so wonderful, even to allow us, Lord God, to come into your presence as we have today. We're so thankful, Father. And Lord, I just pray for all of these, the kids that were baptized today, Lord. May they walk forth as mighty warriors for you, loving you with all their hearts and loving others, learning of you, Lord God, filling with your spirit, that they would come to know you in a mighty and powerful way, that they would go out and change this world, Lord God, for you, as we're all supposed to do. And we give you the praise and the honor and the glory for just enabling us to do that, Lord God. Thank you for your presence here today. Thank you that you go with us. You never leave us. You never forsake us. <coughs> we give you praise, honor, and glory in Jesus' precious name. Amen. 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 Just praise the Lord, everyone. Amen. I tell you what, he's worthy of all of our praise and all of our honor and all the glory that we can bestow upon him. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to the book of uh, Colossians, chapter 1. I told y'all this morning we were going to kind of complete this story, uh, this uh, sermon from this morning about the hallmark of the church, or being the hallmark of the church. And so we're going to kind of look at what Paul uh, tells these people they need to do uh, to accomplish this goal. And uh, I'd already had this uh, sermon written out uh, earlier. And I got to looking at it uh, after we got home today, and I thought, man, this thing's going to be four and a half hours long if I don't condense it. I didn't condense it, by the way. <laughs> yes, I did. But anyway, anyway, we want to we make sure that, uh, that we get everything from this scripture that the Lord wants us to have. So if you have your Bibles, uh, first Colossians, first Colossians, Colossians 1. Did I even give y'all the right book to start with? Yeah. Yeah. I had too much lunch today. Colossians chapter 1. We're going to be reading verses 9 through 14. For this cause, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might, according to his glorious power, unto all patience and long suffering with joyfulness, 
giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness, and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, and whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Father, thank you for this beautiful, uplifting scripture where Paul tells us what we need to do and how we need to pray, what our desire needs to be. Help us, Lord, to make up our mind. We want to be the hallmark. We want to, to be that person who, who shows in the, who is the standard of purity that Jesus Christ wants us to be because we want to please Him and we want to do that because we love Him. So Lord, as we as individuals take it personally to be this standard, help us also as a church to be a standard also as we join together in unison in one mind and one accord to accomplish the work that the Lord has set for us to do. Help us to be kingdom-minded and be kingdom people and make sure that we follow Christ and we'll give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, Paul, this morning, was talking about being the hallmark of, uh, uh, of the church, being a church that is a hallmark, being a, a church uh, that sets the standard of purity that the Lord uh, desires from us and requires from us. And, and, and we talked about a lot of things this morning, where that power comes from and, and about the Holy Ghost and how we're supposed to be filled with the Spirit. And if we can't do anything uh, apart from the Spirit, it, it all starts with our salvation. It all starts with Jesus Christ living in us. It all starts with receiving that power and the ability to be able to know and have knowledge and learn these things. And so Paul goes on as he, as he has uh, 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 uplifted this church and he's bragged on them. And, 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 and you know what? It's a wonderful thing when a man can brag on the church. Amen? Uh, we ought to all be able to brag on our church. Amen? That's what we need to be doing. Oh, you, if you look around, you can always find something wrong with church. Just look at Johnny Cross. No laughing in the back. <laughs> I like to pick on him. But, you know, if you want to find fault, you don't have to look very but Just look, look at me. I, I'm a person. I'm a sinner. Amen? I'm a sinner. I have faults. And so do, do you. But our Lord is not a sinner. Amen. Our Lord has no faults. Our Lord is holy. He's godly. He's pure. And He is our righteousness. And He is our holiness. And while we have Him, we got a lot going on. Amen. Amen. We have the power to be able to do anything that He's asked us to do. As a matter of fact, anything the Lord asks you to do, you already are empowered to be able to accomplish that task according to his will and according to his promise. When he asks you to do something, don't you think for one minute he can't accomplish it if you'll just say, yes, Lord, I will. Amen. He will. He'll, he'll use you. Now, here's the kicker. He never does it the way we think he ought to. That's what bugs me. Ain't that right? On the back row, ain't that right? Yeah, we... we Lord, if you just do it this way, it'd make it a lot easier. That's not the way he wants you to do. He wants you to do it his way. 
Because if you don't do it his way, it's not his will. Doing things in his will is doing things his way. Amen? Amen. And Christ made it very plain. He's the way. Amen? He is the way, so we go his way or we don't go. Amen? So we, it won't nothing to be accomplished. But he, 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 he talks about his appreciation, Paul does, and excitement that he has for this church at Colossae. And now he reveals his prayer and his desire for them. Did you know you should pray for your church? You should pray for your brothers and sisters in Christ? You need to pray for your pastor and his wife. <laughs> Amen. You need to pray. We need to pray for one another. And we need to have a desire or a goal to accomplish in our church. Amen. For the love of Christ. Not for, for us, but for, for him. And so he reveals this, this uh, his prayer and his desire for them. And, and you know, our life, I'm going to just go ahead and interject this before I get into this. Our life with Jesus Christ has to be maintained. Amen? Amen. It does. I was talking to one of the children, uh, or young folks that I baptized this morning, and I mentioned to them, you know, they, they, they were thinking baptized kind of cleans you up and gets the sins off of you. I said, oh, no, no, no. I said, that happened when you were saved. You repented and the Lord forgave you of your sin. This is just symbolic of your, or of your humility to him that you're buried with him and you're raised in newness of life. And I said, that's what he commanded us to do in water baptism. And that's what you've done. But I told them, I said, now, let me ask you a question. I said, if you think that you have to be, uh, I said, do y'all take a bath every night? And what, what the hell? And I said, so you won't go to bed dirty? No. I said, well, don't you know sin in your life makes you dirty before God? And so you have to kind of take a bath before God every night. That's not water baptism. It's called confession and repentance. I said, don't go to bed at night when you lay down at night. Wyatt told me a while ago he lays down at night and talks to Jesus. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. And by the way, he's seeking. So be praying for Wyatt. And he's young. He's real young. But you know what my philosophy is? You know, some people say, well, the age of 12, that's accountability because when they found Jesus in the church preaching, that ain't true. You know what the age of accountability is? It's when the Lord God himself begins to put pressure on a young man to receive Jesus. Amen. Amen. We call it drawing, but it turns into pressure, doesn't it? Everybody, have y'all experienced that? Where you felt the call to come to Jesus, you felt the call to go to the altar. That's the Father drawing you to the Son. He always draws us. Jesus said, you can't even come to me except my Father draws you. And so that's what he's, he's already experiencing this at six years old. So we're going to keep praying for him. He wanted to talk to me while we go. Oh. I filled his pockets with peppermints before he got out of there. But anyway, <laughs> if he goes bouncing off the walls, you'll know what's wrong with him. But we have to maintain this life. We have to maintain what we have. We've got to draw waters from the wells of salvation frequently. I do. Not getting saved over again. Staying full. Keeping your lamp full of oil. Because as you burn, the lamp burns too. Amen. The oil in the lamp. And so that's the reason the Lord gave us the parable of the, of the ten virgins. They kept, they brought extra oil. Remember what he said? They brought oil to keep their lamps full. Well, he supplies oil, the Holy Spirit, that he can keep us full if we just call on him for it. He, and so don't let yourself run out of oil. Maintain your life in Jesus Christ. It is not a short-term endeavor. Salvation is not short-term. 
It's eternal. Amen? Amen. We, we, we start today when we said yes to Jesus and we don't stop until we're looking at Jesus. Amen? Amen. That is our salvation from that point to that point until we get to the place that He had for us to be. So we have to maintain that relationship. That's what rededication, uh, being filled with the Spirit again, whatever you want to call it, that's all the same thing. That's the way we keep it maintained. We keep our lamps full and burning bright. <clears throat> and so it's a long-term commitment of obeying and following Jesus Christ. And, and, and only ends when we are with him. So Paul beautifully lays out uh, what will help them and us do exactly that. Look in verse 9. In verse 9 he says, For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire. Now look at the first one. That you might be filled with the knowledge of his will and, uh, and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. The Lord, when he saves you, wants you to begin to do something. You know what that is? Learn about him. Learn about him. He's your God. He's your Savior. He's your Lord. He's your friend. He's your son coming king. He wants you to know all about him you can. So Paul's desire for them was to be, to be filled with the knowledge of, of, of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. And so this is something that we all need to endeavor to do. That's why I tell you and teach tell you all the time, read your Bible. Don't just read it. Study your Bible. Study your Bible. And this is the way that you get the knowledge of the will, of, of His will, and what He wants you to do because His will is found in these words that's in here. And so we need to continue to read that and be filled with this understanding. Romans 12 and 2, listen, y'all know this is a very familiar scripture. I wrote these things down so I didn't have to look them up. And, and it says, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now look at this, that you may prove, prove. He uses the word we're very familiar with. What does that mean? Show me. Show me. You say you can do this, show me. You say you believe this, show me. So he says that he, he wants to, uh, to transform by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Proving that God is not saying what you know. Is it? Proving God is doing what you know. Amen. What did James teach us? You show me. You say you got faith. That's fine. I'm going to show you mine by what I do. So this is what he's talking about. He wants to, us to be on display about the knowledge and the will of God, and he wants us to prove ourselves. Do we just prove ourselves to other people? Lost people don't know where you're proving anything or not. So you're proving yourself to who? God Himself. You're proving yourself to yourself, to your church, to God. What is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God? Ephesians uh, 5, uh, 9 and 10, look what it says. It, it says, For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. We, uh, Our mission is to prove that we are who we say we are and that we know who we say we know. We do that by obeying what the Scripture tells us to do. 
and what the Lord shows us to do. Y'all, we have, the, our generation in, in, in America today has made a mockery, a mockery of the Word of God. Amen. They tell you that everything is acceptable. No, it's not. They tell you what's an abomination in the Old Testament don't even apply today. Yes, it does. They tell you that what used to be sin ain't no more. Yes, it is. Amen. Amen. We're not to be judges. We're to prove ourselves. And we're to stand up on the Word of God and the will of God and the power of God and say, yes, it is still sin. And every person that commits the sin is going to be held accordingly. They're going to pay the consequence for that sin. Amen. We need to stand up and say that. It's very important that the world knows that. So when he says this, that, that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding, and I just read you those scriptures, well, what does this accomplish? What is the goal in all this? Now look in verse 10. And he says, you need to do this because that you might walk worthy of the Lord. You, by proving yourself, you become worthy of walking with the Lord. And you show that you know Jesus Christ. That you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. Now those people who say, well, I don't have to do works to order to be saved, that's a true statement. But what you don't, what you need to tell people is, I do good works because I'm saved. And he, and he tells us here, he shows us that we are to be what? Fruitful in every good work. And so that, that means that we're supposed to be doing things for the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. Did Jesus just come out and say, I'm God? No. Did he just stand there? Did he not go anywhere? Did he not go into houses? Did he not go into the synagogue? Did he not put himself in positions to help people? Well, do you think it was an accident that he was there the day the woman at the well showed up by herself? Do you really think that was just a freaky accident? Did you know the whole city received him that day just for that moment in time? That God was there in the right place at the right time? It was no coincidence. It was a planned, it was a planned meeting. And it was planned by Jesus Christ. He knew she was going to be there. Hey, amen. 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 We need to get with the program. No, we don't. We need to get with the plan of God, and we do that by the knowledge of God. So this is this is what it accomplishes. It helps us to walk worthy of the Lord, pleasing Him, to be fruitful in, in good works and increase in the knowledge of God. And so when when you look at Ephesians chapter four, verses one and one through three, listen to what it says. He says, "I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord." beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called. That means when the Lord saves you and you begin to follow Him, you don't just stand still and watch Him walk away. You walk behind Him. You walk with Him. And you walk according to His will. You go where He goes. You stop when He stops. You turn when He turns. You follow Jesus. Amen? That's what that's all about. And he says, so you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called. Now, a lot of people say, well, I'm not called. Yes, you are. If you're saved, you are. Amen. Amen. <coughs> yeah. A calling don't just apply to the preacher. Now, the preacher has to be called to preach. 
But every one of us are called unto salvation. And when we receive salvation, we receive a vocation. Y'all know what that means, don't you? You receive a, 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 a mission, a journey, a job, or whatever you want to call it. You, you have a vocation. What is that? Sharing Christ with the lost world. That every one of us has that same calling, that same vocation. So we do this, we walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called, and how? In arrogance? In pride? In smugness? Looking down our noses at people that are different from us? And, and kicking the poor people out of the way? We don't need you. We got enough dead as it is. Oh, Lord, help us. Is that what he says? Yes. Is that the way we walk? Worthy? No. It's always opposite of what the world tells us. It's always opposite. Amen. It's never the same. And don't ever equate it to be the same thing as the thinking of the world. The thinking of the world is stinking from the world. Amen. Amen. So this is what happens. He said, look, in, in, uh, in Ephesians, this is uh, chapter 4, verse 2, with all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to help the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Uh-oh. You know what that means? We're supposed to try as hard as we can to be as much like Jesus as we can. And the whole time we're doing it, we're supposed to be joined together, forbearing. Y'all, I tell you, I tell them this all the time. This has, that scripture right there is one of my, my calling cards as a pastor of a church. I never knew what it meant to be a pastor of a church until I got to be a pastor of a church. And you have to learn to forbear one another. It means to put up with it. And it works both ways. Y'all got to put up with me too. <laughs> but Dale, that ain't always easy, is it? That's hard to watch it now. <laughs> Somebody back there, don't get started back there in the background. <laughs> anyway, yeah, it's hard. We have to forbear. That means we got to learn to put up with one another. We got to learn to keep loving one another, not arguing and fighting and punching and throwing and screaming and kicking and saying, I, and, and, and choosing up sides. Well, that's not what he said, dude. <laughs> Forbearing one another, he says, is what we got to do in L O V E, in love. Right. Amen. Amen. Endeavoring to keep the unity, that means we got to stay together. Even when we're not agreeing with one another, we still got to stay together and maintain this unity. Because we can accomplish great things together in Jesus Christ if we're united in one mind and one accord with one purpose. And we need to make sure that that purpose is always to, to, to draw someone to Jesus Christ. That's the purpose. How many of you got lost kin folks? How many of you got lost? Well, I don't want to go get close to you. We all do, don't we? You want to see them go to hell? You have the words of eternal life to share with them. Amen. Do it unified. Uh, unity of the Spirit. And he wants to do it <clears throat> in the bond of peace. That means without fighting. Amen. Now he asked us to do that. 
Will he ask you to do what he can't empower you to do? Nope. nope. He does empower us to do this very thing right here. And we're, we should be able to do that. How do you do it? You keep your lamp full of oil. You keep it trimmed and burning bright, just like that scripture in that song says. And you let your light shine. And anything other than that will put, a, put that light. It makes it dimmer and dimmer and dimmer. And so we have to have to remember to do that. All right. So we this is so look in verse uh, eleven again. In verse eleven again, he says, "Not only are you to be fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, but you are strengthened with all might." Look at this. According to His glorious power. Now, where do we get His glorious power? How do we ex access that? Where does it come from? It's from the indwelling, the infilling of the Holy Spirit. That's what we keep talking about here. It, it's, it's, it comes from that, that, uh, that we must be filled with the Spirit and stay full of the Spirit, and it gives us power all the time unlimited. You know, it, it's sort of like a battery charger. A battery will keep its charge. Until, uh, until you use up all the juice, then you got to plug a charger into an outlet and receive power from that outlet, and it will suit that battery back up. Amen? It's the way we are when we eat. We eat three meals a day. Some people eat ten. <laughs> some people eat healthy. Some people, like me, eat junk food all the time. Amen? But guess what? Tomorrow, I'll say I'm so full, I'll never eat again. Y'all ever said that? <laughs> yeah. An hour later, man, I'm... I don't know why I'm hungry, but I am. We keep on eating, don't we? Amen. We need to realize that power can run. That power because life happens. Sometimes life stinks. Sometimes we get in trouble. Sometimes we sin and we get caught and things go haywire. But don't forget how much God loves you. He died for you. He bled for you. No matter what you do, He can forgive you for it. Remember that always. Some of us in this room have learned that the hard way. We have done things, and we were talking with Ron today about our, uh, me and Anita, about our past life. Now, we didn't, we didn't tell him too much. <laughs> and Anita made a remark when our guy called to preach, when the church called, got together and, and called me to preach, she made a remark, she said, I hope they don't do a background check. <laughs> <laughs> we all got this story, don't we? We all got we all got a past when we were lost. Amen. Am I the only one that was ever lost? And I know who I was. And I'm ashamed of that. But I know one thing. He forgave me. Amen. He washed me in that beautiful, precious blood. And he cleared that unrighteousness. He took it away. He cast it away. And I don't have to go back there and live that anymore. It's gone. That's our God. <coughs> He's worth following. And He can do that any time in our life that we call on Him. That we confess to Him. That we claim that power. Praise the Lord for that. Amen. We all need that. The Bible only tells us there's only one thing He can't forgive you for. Just one. And that's blaspheming the Holy Ghost. Amen. You can't deny the existence of the Holy Ghost. 
You can't go to heaven without the Holy Ghost. And if you deny the Holy Ghost, you're in trouble. You ain't going to heaven. Amen. Amen. All right. And so look at what Ephesians 3.16 says. That he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened by his might, by his spirit, in the inner man. Amen. When, when somebody says Christ lives in me, that's the Spirit of God inside of you. It's the Spirit in the inner man. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. That you be rooted and grounded in love. That's who He is and that's what He does for us and to us. Amen. So is it too much for Him uh, to expect for us to follow Him? To walk in His light? To walk in the Spirit, to be led of the Spirit. The Bible goes through all these walks and all these leadings and all these things, and He says, if you don't do these, you're not even the Son of God. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Amen? So if you don't have the Spirit, guess what? You're not the Son of God. Amen. i got to move on. And so this, this power, it comes, it comes from, from no other source. All the power the wisdom, the knowledge, the understanding, the witness, the ability to please God and know His will and the fruit that we bear comes only through the Holy Ghost that must be in us for us to walk with Him, for us to follow Him. We've got to have that. And I know I've stressed this a lot here lately. A lot. Because it keeps coming up. You know what? If you look in the Scriptures, especially the New Testament, this is something that, that this played like a, a, a record over and over and over and over and over. It's that important. Amen. It's that important that we come to this knowledge of what we must do. Now, Paul mentioned in verse 10 also, if you look back up in verse 10, being fruitful in every good work is what he, he said. And so he, he now lists some things that are similar uh, to the fruit of the Spirit that we find in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23, and look at what he lists. He lists patience. I ain't got much of that. Y'all know how you get it? The scripture tells us patience comes through much tribulation. That means things got to go haywire so often, and you find finally you just sit down and say, okay, take a breath, and let's start over. That's patience. How many of y'all got that? Now, some of you do. I worked with Bob Price right there. That is the most, in some things, the most, one of the most patient people I've ever met in my life. We'd be working together and something wouldn't be going right. Now, me, I don't got none. So I wanted to take my sledgehammer and beat it to a pulp. My wife saw me do that before. And Bob said, now, wait a minute. Let's rethink this. Let's go take a break. Let's get our mind right. <laughs> that was his number one thing go take a break well what it was is so he could rethink things and he usually get it right amen amen and all of us aren't that way all of us aren't that way so we have to learn those things we learn patience we learn and y'all ever raise kids <laughs> that's the best teacher of patience in the whole wide world Amen. It don't work on your grandkids. You let them do anything they want to. All right. So patience and long suffering and joyfulness and giving of thanks to the Father. Why do 
we have to do all? Why do we have to show all these characteristics? That, all these characteristics? Because they are the proof. The proof that you know Jesus. Amen. Remember what the Bible we kept reading those scriptures that prove yourself, prove yourself, prove yourself. These are the proofs. They're infallible. When people see you with these characteristics, they say, wow, there's something different about that person. There's something different. And it, 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 it may not be all of them combined, but it's going to be, you're going to have a lot of those fruit. We are to bear the fruit. The fruit of the Spirit are, are not like the gifts of the Spirit. The gifts of the Spirit are given by God as you need them as He sees fit to give them to you. Amen? We got singers all in here. Man, the Lord gifted y'all to sing. I go to clap and tap my foot, and if I go tap my foot, I go like this. Because I can't do all that at the same time. Boy, we got some people get up here and let it, let it rip, and they can sing and play instruments. I ain't never learned how to play instruments. It's terrible. But anyway, the Lord didn't see fit to give me that gift. But the fruit of the Spirit, if you have the Spirit abiding in you, that fruit is supposed to be in every one of us who are filled with the Spirit. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. It's supposed to be there. And that is one of the proofs that you have Jesus in your life. Amen. It's a proof of our personal relationship with Jesus Christ. He has made us partakers of the inheritance. That's what he said. Look in verse 12. Giving thanks unto the Father which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. Now let me ask you a question. What is the inheritance of the saints? Anybody know? It's eternal life. The Bible says that we are joint heirs with who? Jesus Christ. That means we have an inheritance waiting on us over there. Amen? How many of y'all have a rich relative that died and left you a million dollars? Raise your hand. I want you to raise your hand because we need you. We need you to pay some tithes. <laughs> I'm just playing. I don't never say that stupid stuff like that. But boy, you'd be happy to death if somebody died and left you that money, wouldn't you? Woo! Troubles are over now. They just started. But I have an inheritance over there. Listen to me. Amen. And you do too. That's your name on it. You already got an address over there because you're a citizen over there now. Amen. You ain't going to pay taxes when you get there either, thank God. No homeowner's insurance. No car insurance. It's going to be a perfect place. And that is the inheritance of the saints. Those who have followed Christ. Those who have done the work. Those that have done it and not complain and whine and moan and groan those that have followed him. You remember the story of Enoch. It's a real short little scripture about Enoch in the Old Testament. Enoch walked with God and was no more because God took him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we ought to be walking so close to the Lord. And he just turned around and said, come on, go with me. Is what he did with Enoch. I want to have that kind of relationship with my Lord. Amen. I do. 
I'm sick of this place. How about y'all? Yeah. Amen. You know, most of us don't want to say that, but we're scared we'll get killed off and we don't know how it's going to happen. You remember what Paul said? He, he got his head chopped off for his own with. But he remember what he said, for me to die is gain, but for me to live is Christ. He had it going on. Whether I live or whether I die, I, I belong to Christ. And that's all we need to know. That's all that matters. Win either way. Win either way. There's no loser in that scenario. And if you go, you go be with the Lord Jesus. You receive your inheritance. Now where does the good works come in? Anybody know? The good works determines your reward in heaven. Not your place in heaven. Your reward in heaven. Now, you know what that tells me? That libel will be a pecking order in heaven. <laughs> I will be. I don't know that. I'll be guessing right now, so best we're talking about it. But I know the Lord's going to give us a reward. He's going to judge our works. And our rewards are going to be given to us according to those works that are done for His glory. And He makes the remark in, in that scripture about the judgment seat of Christ. And if, if, if all of the works of a man burns up, he will still be saved. But he will suffer loss. That's what the scripture says. So what, kind, what would he suffer loss in heaven? He suffers loss of a reward that he would have gotten had he done the works of God. So this is what Paul is telling this church. I know you're saved. I've heard the reports. I've never, I hadn't even been there, but your preacher has come and told me all these great things. That he is impressed with you people. He knows that you believed in Jesus Christ. He knows you followed Jesus Christ. I had never mentioned you even sending me gifts. And now let me give you some advice. And that's what we're reading right now. This is the advice Paul gives these people. To walk worthy of the call <coughs> of the vocation of Jesus Christ. So he has made us partakers of the inheritance uh, of God. He has delivered us from the power of darkness. Jesus Christ, the light of the world, is the Father's method of deliverance, and He must be in us, and His light must shine forth, taking away darkness. Not only are we delivered from the powers of darkness, but we are, I like that word, my, our new word, translated. Hmm. Now what does that mean? It means to go from one place to another. I mean, you know what a, what a, a language translator is. They take what you can't understand and make it where you can understand it. The Lord is going to translate us from this world into a reality of a place called heaven. Amen. And we're going to be translated. And this translation will happen. When is it going to happen? When will the translation take place? When the Lord comes and gets us. Bible described it in that moment in the twinkling of an eye, we will all be changed. That's when that translation comes. We're going to be changed from this body to that kingdom body that he's going to give us. That is the time of translation. And he's going to take us to the kingdom and he's going to, he's going to make a place for us there. He's already got a place prepared for us. Why would he go to all the trouble to do that? Oh, I like it. Look at here, this last verse. In whom we have redemption through him. Amen, look at it. Redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sin. 
I'm going to do all this for you because I have redeemed you with my blood. Amen. We hadn't been, the old Peter says, you hadn't been redeemed by silver and gold and precious metals, but you've been redeemed by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Precious is that blood. We sing that song. Oh, precious is that flow that makes me white as snow. That's the blood of the Lamb. That's the blood of Christ. That is why we are redeemed. And that is why He's going to give us all these wonderful, beautiful, great things. All the promises that He's made that, that we only got a little, we see it through a glass darkly. We can't see the, the whole thing. We, if, if we could see it, we'd be like John in Revelation. We wouldn't be able to describe all we're looking at. We wouldn't have words to describe it. Amen. I heard a preacher the other day say, uh, he, he loved going to the Hawaiian Islands. You can't tell I like that, can you? <laughs> he said it's going to be a slum compared to heaven. It's going to be a slum compared to heaven. I want to go to heaven. Amen. I want to go to heaven. I want my goal to be, I want to walk worthy of my vocation. I want to follow Jesus till he takes me right on into glory. I want to follow him. That's where he's taking us. Amen. Amen. I'm going to read you this one last scripture. And I, I, I have about a dozen scriptures wrote down about that, but I want I want to look at uh, show you the fruition of it uh, in Romans uh, Revelation chapter twenty one. Listen to this. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. Amen. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. And God Himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from them, from their eyes. And there shall be no more death, neither sorrow, nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain. For the former things are passed away. That's where he's taken us. And don't be no more of this. <coughs> It'll only be joy, unspeakable, and full of glory. That's a song that we sung long ago. It's going to be a place of joy, the greatest joy you've ever known. Have you ever been in a place and you looked around and said, wow. It is good that I am here. I love this place. You ever felt that? When we get there, we're going to spend no telling how many thousands of years walking around going, wow, 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 and more wow. Every day is going to be that kind of day. The wow, the place of wow. When God comes down in his holy city, and makes his dwelling place with me and you. That's what we live for. 
that's what he died to take us to. And when he ascended, that's where he went to build this place that's going to be there. This place, we just read it, passed away. This place is gone bye-bye. So quit fretting about this place. Fret about the people that's here. But look forward to that other place. It's going to be so glad. You're going to be so glad that you did whatever it took to get there. Amen. Would you stand? If I can sing, I'd sing a song about heaven for you right now. <coughs> Praise God. I want to go to heaven, don't you? I want to go. I don't want anything to keep me from going. So whatever I have, whether I got to eat my words, whether I got to pray on my knees, whether I got to ask for forgiveness every day, or I got to be nice to people that I don't even like, that's cool. As long as I can get there. And I thank God that we have a Savior in the name of Jesus. He left that place once. And he came down. And he took on the robe of this weak flesh. And he lived a perfect life. Something that none of the rest of us have ever been able to do. But he did. And he took my sin and your sin. And he nailed it to his cross. And he died for us. And he bled every drop of blood that he had to bleed for our sins. We need to be proud to claim that blood. We need to be proud to confess to him our shortcomings and our misgivings. We need to be proud to humble ourselves in an altar. And by the way, these altars are open. If you want to pray, you come, let's pray. Let's tell him how thankful we are that he's our God and that he's got a place for us. Don't be afraid. Come on. And he ascended back up into glory after he rose from the grave <laughs> the resurrection. Hallelujah. He ascended up into glory. And he left and he said, I'm going away to prepare a place for you that where I am, there you may be also. Over 2,000 years ago, he made that journey back up there. Can you imagine what that place looks like back now? He's still working. He's still building. And he's going to continue to do so till the Father says, Son, go get him. And he's coming for me and you. All of those who are called by his name, who are filled with his spirit, he's going to get us. And he's going to take us out of this place. And we're going to receive an inheritance designed for us by God. These altars are still open if you want to come pray.
Amen. Amen. You need to be able to say, that's my church, and I'm proud of that church. We never need to say anything derogatory about the church, just how great the church is, and more importantly, how great the God of that church Amen. is. Amen. We're led by Him. We belong to Him. Visitors, thank y'all for being here tonight. And uh, you're not really visitors, but anyway, you're not normally here, but you're, you're not visitors, you're just welcome all the time. So we're going to have a word of prayer, and y'all come around and give uh, Brother Dale the right hand of fellowship and uh, hug on him and welcome him into uh, to, uh, to our, our little church and to this body here uh, in Lake Country. Brother Jim Before Boston. we close. Pardon? Before we close, okay. I spoke to Miss Betty this afternoon. We stayed on the phone for about an hour. She told me to tell y'all she missed all y'all and just to keep her in your prayers. Okay. So, yeah. And y'all keep Brandy in your prayers. She starts a new chapter in her life this starting Monday. Y'all keep her in your prayers. Amen. Amen. Great to see her and, and old Lucas here too. It is. It is. Uh, Brother Jim, on. would you dismiss it? <laughs> Brother Jim, would you dismiss a prayer and y'all come give Brother Dale the right hand fellowship? Dear Lord, we just come before you today. Just thanking you for the many ways in which you've blessed us. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity we've had today to worship you. Lord, we have had church here today. We have seen you in your wonderful works today. Lord, just thank you for adding to your church as you see fit. Lord, just be with each and every one here. Lord, just give us the wisdom and knowledge to do the things that you would have us to do to be an honor and glory to you and to glorify your name in everything that we do. Lord, we just ask you to give us traveling grace as we depart from here back to our homes and bring us back at the next opportunity. We ask these things in thy name. Amen. Amen. Amen.